and they're going to snap it. And it's Trey Burton who throws caught. Foles, touchdown. Allen on first and ten, under heavy pressure. He throws, has his man. It's Foster, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown. Gannon steps into it. Pass is caught. Diggs, sideline, touchdown. Unbelievable. Vikings win it. Hello and welcome back to the Brits Guide to the NFL podcast. We've made it through the week one of the brand new NFL season. Today we're going to be previewing and predicting the matchups for week two, um, as well as a fun little game coming up at the end of the pod, uh, so stay tuned for that. Uh, but before we get into it, uh, I'd like to introduce my co-host as always, uh, Mr Greg Spires. How are you doing, mate? Uh, I'm very well, thanks, Callum. Really excited to have football back. It's good, it's yeah. Enjoyable. And also, um, just to talk us through this game this week, uh, it's an absolute honour Pleasure to welcome our guest AJ from the week. Shall We Football podcast. Um, it's honestly one of the funniest podcasts out there. I always look forward to you guys releasing it every week. Um, so go and check the Shall We Football podcast out. AJ, how are you doing? I'm I'm good. I'm a little warm. Some of our takes might cool you off a bit. Um, mm-hmm. So let's we just get into it. Um, so for the mm-hmm. first game, um, Thursday Night Football is the Giants, who are three-point underdogs. Um, in Washington. Um, AJ, do you want to kick us off with this one? Yeah, I'll kick us off. Uh, we just, um, I love that you guys are using the spread here. We, um, I went six, uh, six and eight last week against the spread. Pretty proud of that. Colt, uh, went, uh, four and 10 and our guest went two and 12. So six and eight, <laughs> I'm pretty damn proud of. Mm. Um, so this week I've got, you know, what? I wrote down the giants and I got, I got cold feet. I switched uh, mid prediction to the Washington Red Hawks, gentlemen. It's the Red Hawks. It's got it to is be. the Red Hawks. <laughs> yeah, they put up a few names. Red Hawks was easily my favorite. I just, I'm, I'm so excited to the proposition of there being an NFL team referencing a pig. <laughs> yeah, that's what we've been missing. That, that's what we've been missing. That's exactly what we've been missing, is, is pig references in the NFL. There's not enough swine in the NFL. I think the worst was definitely the presidents. Yeah, that was bad. I, I, what do you guys feel about football club, if I can derail this any further? Um, Greg? Is that, is, that, oh, uh, is that overkill for you guys? Yeah, I mean, I don't mind it at the minute, but I think it's more of an interim thing. I think it will kind of wear off in another few years if they were to stick with, like, football team, football club. I think people would then get a bit bored and be like, you need to have something new. So it will, it will have to change whether that's now or in, like, five, six years' time anyway, I think. Something a bit more exciting. Yeah, let's, let's go with the pigs. Uh, I'm going Washington football team. Uh, first of all, the line... Um, isn't really spooky to me and seeing what Saquon Barkley did last week, uh, is not inspiring mm. at all. So I'm going to stick with, um, although both defensive lines are really good. I think Chase Young is, we're looking at our, um, NFL defensive player of the year. So I'm going to go, uh, Red Hogs. I just saw, um, a fascinating stat the other day where Dan Jones has a career record of eight and 19, but. He's 4-0 versus Washington, which is just crazy to me. Um, somehow he just turns into Tom Brady when he plays Washington. 
But um, looking at last week's game, like that was such an uninspiring performance from the Giants. Like, if you've listened to this podcast before, you know how you know how I basically smash up on the Giants every week. I think they're a total disaster this year. Um, I, I I don't really rate Joe Judge. I think he's quite overrated, and I think their front office is a disaster. Um, I mean, the Broncos, like Teddy Tugel, just absolutely slinged it last week against them. Um, and they couldn't really defend the run either. Um, even with Taylor Heineke in for Washington, um, I still don't think Washington, I still don't think Ron Rivera will let this team go 0 and 2 to start the year off. Um, and I'm definitely not backing, you know, Danny Dimes to, to pull out a victory here. So I'm, I'm going Washington as well. That's funny. I was I was very tempted with Washington as well, but I think I'm going to go against the grain and go Giants. Uh, I don't really know why. I just sort of have a feeling. I think, as uh, AJ mentioned, I think both teams' defensive lines are pretty good. Uh, Washington's defense as a whole is probably better than the Giants, but they need to step up again. The Giants' defense was pretty good last year, but they really didn't show it last week. So I'm thinking that they'll step up a bit this week, uh, a bit of a backlash and, and, and kind of regroup and, and be better this week. Uh, Taylor Heineke coming in, I don't think it's a big drop-off from Fitzpatrick. Um, but I, I don't know, I just have a feeling the Giants, it, it's going to click this week, obviously. Quite a lot of new people, uh, new additions, guys coming back from injuries like Saquon. Um, so I think it's it, it's going to take a bit of time to gel, but I think they could come out here and surprise people with a win. Um, but this will be a very, very close game. I, I could see Washington win it, but I'm just going to go against the grain a bit. I think I, I, I did note down the Giants before. I'm not just doing it because you two said the other way. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll go Giants for the Thursday night game. I, I think Daniel Jones should be scared for his life in this one. Like, oh, like that Giants O-line is pretty terrible. And, you know, when you've got such a you know, dominant front seven from, from Washington, like we saw Danny Jones, you know, fumble last week, typical fashion. So I think he's, he's, he's going to be struggling again in this one. Um, next, we've got to, um, the Raiders are five and a half point underdogs um, in Pittsburgh. AJ, I know you um, are a Steelers fan. So um, what, what are your sort of thoughts on this matchup? Uh, so, Greg, I'll spare you uh, any trash <laughs> talk uh, because I was shocked. I picked the Bills last week, and I'm going to pick uh, the Raiders this week. Wow. Uh, I, I need to be made a believer. I mean, this is this is fandom, boys. This is this is fandom. Mm-hmm. We need, it, 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 when you you know, trust is gained in drops, lost in buckets. It's still, this is this is proven mm-hmm. now. I mean, it's it's you know they did what they did with uh, against Josh Allen and and that offense uh but you it's JJ it's uh TJ Watt game uh, game 1 this guy's fresh this guy's ready to go they're getting prime best of the season TJ Watt and they i mean they're still they still performed Sands Cam Hayward um not Cam Hayward uh, Stefan Tuitt Notre Dame's own uh i just i i need to see it again um Last last year was, you know, we all, all Steeler fandom got burned so, so badly. I mean, that was the worst 11 and 0 team. I've been on record saying this so many times, the worst 11 and 0 team <laughs> I ever saw. Um, now, it, if, if I'm if I'm going based on roster, um, like the totality of the roster, it's the Steelers. Uh, but the Raiders don't exactly make sense. You're talking about a team with uh, third down percentage that. Uh, is unsustainable, seemingly, and yet they continue to do it. Uh, in terms of player personnel, the Ravens should have kicked. Mm. They should have kicked Tukas, I guess. Um, 
and they did not. So I need the Steelers to prove it. Um, and I actually like the Raiders. Uh, that defense looks way, way better than it did. Max Crosby, uh, yeah. he may have been going against Alejandro Villanueva, but um, it, the amount of, of wreckage he caused in that backfield, and that's not even including Yannick Ngakwe, who, by the way, looked okay against the run, which is very new. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Casey Hayward looked like prime Casey Hayward in that game. So Raiders. <sighs> Um, yeah, well, yeah, as you say, I think the Steelers' defensive line last week were just too good, and 95% of teams in this league don't have that defensive line and that kind of ability that Watt, Hayward, etc. have. So um, I'm going to back the Steelers on this one. I think the Raiders were definitely much improved, um, better than we thought they would be when they went toe-to-toe with the Ravens and, and came out on top. So it really wouldn't surprise me if this was a, another close game. It could swing either way, but I personally think the Steelers will... Um, We'll do it. We'll get themselves over the line. They're relying on Big Ben being better than he was at the weekend. Um, he still managed to get the win and, and made some important throws on third down and, you know, found Chase Claypool and some of the other main guys when he needed to. But um, I think he needs to do that more consistently. But I think he can do that. And I think Najee Harris had a bit of an off day, you know, first NFL start for uh, fresh on, on the scene. And obviously the Bills defense did quite well. But I think Najee Harris will get going again. I think Big Ben can keep finding his receivers consistently against his Raiders defense. And I think that the Steelers should come out of the win. I think home field advantage could play a factor as well. Yeah, big emphasis on should. Big Ben was the last rated passer by PFF this week, which is absolutely (laughs) atrocious. Now, um, Derek Carr is somewhere in the middle, uh, but I, I don't know. I, Big Ben needs to, to prove that, that, that to me that he can continue to move that ball. Uh, and mm-hmm. that this offensive system gels with him and can somehow, you know, salvage some production from the offensive line. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, just going off that, like Steelers didn't really have a particularly, you know, impressive, you know, when you look at that box score, especially like you mentioned with Big Ben, wasn't that impressive. And, you know, they didn't run the ball that well, um, yet they still, you know, managed to shut down, you know, a, a team which seemingly everyone is, you know, tempted to crown the Super Bowl contenders already in the Bills. Um, I'm quite worried about that Steelers O-line. Um, they did give up a couple of sacks. Um, and like you mentioned, the Raiders pass rush did, you know, did show up in that in that Ravens game. Um, but I just feel like when you're taking into everything into consideration, I, I just think the Steelers are just a lot stronger. And um, yeah, like I mean, like you said, AJ, they should win. I think they probably will win as well. It's that five and a half line that spooks me a little yeah. bit. I, I think the Steelers will win this game. Uh, I just, I, I don't see them yeah. beating that five and a half. And uh, to, to your point, Greg, uh, Alex Leatherwood was terrible. Mm. He was absolutely was atrocious in that game. I think he's the last uh, of the qualified tackles per PFF. Uh, so, which is which is marvelous. There's like sixty. Which is great. Their first round pick as well. That <laughs> exactly. fills them with confidence. Yeah. Again. Yeah, the Las Vegas Crimson Tide out there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, some of their front office decision making and you know the draft picks have just been you know very questionable over the past few years. Um, shall we move on to um, the Niners uh, at the Eagles? The Eagles are three and a half point home dogs. Um, two, you know, one and O teams uh, to start the year off. I thought 
as an Eagles fan, I was quite impressed by that performance. The ability to, you know, shut out a pretty talented Falcons offense. Um, you have some real playmakers on on that side of the ball with Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts, and obviously we know how you know consistent Matt Ryan is. Uh, but you know, limiting them to not you know not a single touchdown was pretty impressive um, in my opinion. I thought Sirianni looked good as a first time play caller, um, and Jalen Hurts. I mean, I've been on the Hurts bandwagon since you know since his sooner days. You know, everyone you know all everyone's ever done to this guy is just um, underestimate him and. and you know, I, th- I thought he really looked the part out there. Um, I thought he handled the blitz packages really well. Um, and it was just a, a mature performance. And there's an interesting stat that I found the other day that Jalen Hurts has more regular season 300-yard passing games in five career starts than Lamar has in 38 starts. Um, <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, I mean... When you consider the you know above the shoulder stuff as well, the intangibles, I just thought his you know his leadership, his work ethic. I just think he's going to be the guy. I really that, do. That's um, that's as good as it gets. The stuff that yeah. he has above the shoulders is just as good as it gets. Maybe not comprehension of the game, but in, I mean, like you said, leadership, uh, intangibles, and I, I you know what? That's because I don't know his comprehension of the game. I don't know what what's being thrown at him versus what he's picking up. To me, it seems like he picks up the game as well as just about anyone but you're totally right that what above the shoulders he's as good as it gets especially for a guy that young absolutely yeah um i thought you know when you consider everything that's happened off the field like being drafted and being a backup to carson and then coming in in thrown into a you know completely shit situation last year and how he handled himself over the offseason you know when the eagles are seemingly you know refused to name him the qb1 i just think the way that he's handled the whole situation has just been really mature and, and impressive um, so, I mean, moving on to the Niners, um, losing Raheem Mostert for the, the rest of the season is big news for them. You know, even though we know, you know, Kyle Shanahan, you know, the, the way that he utilizes his running backs is, you know, always, you know, quite mysterious. And, and um, you know, running back injuries in the Niners room. I mean, it seems like every season the Niners lose, you know, all their running backs. Um, I'm slightly concerned about the way that that game ended for them. Um, I mean, allowing the Lions to put up 33 points, um, nearly, you know, an incredible comeback for them. Um, so I think this is going to be a bit of a shootout, to be honest. Um, I mean, what was the line again? It was, so the Eagles are three and a half point home dogs. Um, I think, I, do you know what? I think I'm, I'm going to have to back the Eagles again. And, you know, I'm trying to be objective as uh, uh, you know as is not great, trying to take that fan great, element but... great job bud yeah yeah i think as you, as you said losing most for the 49ers is, is a miss but they just bring a conveyor belt of guys that do the same sort of job really don't they so i don't think it'll be a huge miss in that in that sense although he's a little bit above the, those the caliber of those guys um yeah i was really impressed with the eagles last week as you said a lot of the stuff from Jalen hurts and you know the way everyone rallied around each other devonta smith was pretty impressive on his debut as well um but i also think that Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers weren't as bad as people thought on offense either. Um, obviously, Ayoka and a couple of guys that people having fancy went a little bit missing, but I don't think the QB play was as bad as people think. Um, they do need to scheme well uh, to to prevent Hurts and the Eagles offense sort of clicking and, and getting the best of them. And I think the, the biggest thing to watch in this game will be 49ers offensive line against Eagles defensive line. Um, the defensive line for the Eagles has been pretty impressive and, and definitely improved in the last uh, 
in the last off season, and that'll be a really good matchup to watch. Personally, I think the 49ers will just edge this one. Um, but as as Callum mentioned earlier, I think the way that they finished the last game really doesn't fill them with a lot of confidence, and they really need to work on on closing games out and that sort of stuff. So I'm hoping they can get you know a 14 point lead or so and manage to hang on. But I think that they will they will win this one. But again, another close game. It's very very tough to call. But I think the 49ers for me. Um, yeah, AJ, any thoughts? Yeah, uh, the injury report is the most concerning aspect of this. Uh, Verrett, bye-bye, Mostert, gone. Kinlaw, Mosley, Greenlaw, and Armstead um, are all did not participate in practice today. And then D. Ford, Marcel Harris, uh, the latter a, a little more inconsequential. But those guys were a bit limited today. That is mm-hmm. all on the defense, which is extremely concerning, coupled with uh, – what you guys have mentioned, especially Greg, about you know potentially letting the Lions get back in that game. I I went with the Eagles last week. Um, I think that the rest of that team, Sands, Jalen Hurts, doesn't get enough credit for what they've built. The line has is is staying healthy on both sides for the most part, which when they are healthy, are well above average if they're playing you know up to up to par. I with the line being what it is, I do think this is going to end up actually being closer to a shootout than anything else. Despite the only thing that spooks me a little bit is the Eagles uh, defensive line that can, you know, that can throw any game haywire if they manage to, you know, if they start to get to Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm going to go Niners just because of that line. If it was a little bit more, uh, I would take the Eagles, but I'm going to go Niners. Yeah, that's fair enough, I think. Um, I mean, you, you'll probably know a lot more about him being a former Steeler, but Javon Hargrave, look, you know, like, like, he he, you know, like when we first traded for him, you know, he, he looked really impressive. You know, that pairing of Cox and Hargrave could be, you know, an elite partnership going forward. And I think, you know, they're edge rushes as well. You know, Brandon Graham's always been consistent. You know, Derek Barnett, um, Josh Sweat's prime time big year. Um so I think that defensive line for the Eagles is, you know, one of the deepest and strongest in the league. Let's shout out that defensive backfield real quick, though. Let's, yeah. uh, that is so much improved. And uh, Matt Ryan, you know, for the struggles he has, is still a um, – uh, well, I was going to say he's still a good quarterback. I don't know. Uh, he, can, he, he has an arm, and he's a human being that plays quarterback. So f- for whatever it's <laughs> worth. Anyway, Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts exist. Uh, and mm-hmm. for those guys to be, for the most part, taken out of the game by Darius Slay and crew is pretty impressive, especially given last season. Yeah, I think Steven Nelson was a huge pickup at CB2. Um, do you want to move on to, for me, I, I, I'll be honest, I didn't know anything down for this one. This is a pretty simple one for me. Texans um, in Cleveland. Now, they are the line's quite big, 12.5-point underdogs. Um it's one that, I mean, the Texans surprised everyone, I think, last week. Um, and I know the Jags aren't, aren't, you know, a very good team. But, you know, the amount of points that the Texans put up and Tyra Taylor actually looked quite good, um, which could, you know, I'd probably take Cleveland money line easier. Like, this is one that I, I don't know if I'd want to bet on on either their spreads or anything. But, yeah, Cleveland, I mean, Cleveland really dominated that Chiefs game for a large part of it. You know, they arguably only lost because of that you know, stupid, messed up punt near the end and then a bit of Mahomes magic as well. So, 
Um, you know, I've been high on on the Browns this off season. Um, I think they've they've got one of the deepest you know rosters in the league, and I'm a huge Baker Mayfield fan as well. So I think um, I know Ryan will like to hear that. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, Cleveland for me on this one. Yeah, I've uh, I've gone exactly the same as you say. Last week the Texans shocked everyone playing the Jags. You know they really exposed their poor defensive uh, defensive backs and defensive unit. Um, but this Browns defensive unit is is way way superior to to the Jaguars. Um, definitely more well rounded, and uh, I'd expect them to come up big this week and and shut down the Texans. Tyrod Taylor looked composed and he looked quite good, but again it's all relative against that kind of defense. But the Browns to go toe to toe first game of the season against the Chiefs was pretty impressive. It was great entertainment. And uh, yeah, the Browns are a solid side. I, th- I assume that they'll win this one quite comfortably. Um, I'm not sure I'd take that that line, but um, I think the Browns should win this quite comfortably and uh, yeah, and, and see this one out and, and get the win at home as well, which again, the home advantage could play a big factor and really drive them on to a win. I, I don't see any way. I don't see any way the Texans win this game. Uh, like... Uh, like you guys said, this game was uh, the Chiefs game was controlled for the most part. It was under control. And the only reason it was, you know, you mentioned some of the circumstances with special teams. Uh, Pat Mahomes, Pat Mahomes mm-hmm. brought them back. Uh, the Texans don't have a Pat Mahomes anywhere. Mm-hmm. They don't have they, there's only one of him. And they, there's there's they don't even have a, a close equivalent now I, I love me some Tyrod Taylor it's just not happening and 12 and a half actually doesn't scare me this is the only game where 12 and a half wouldn't scare me <laughs> yeah I actually wouldn't be surprised if this is like a two touchdown game to be honest um if there's going to be a two touchdown game I think it'll be this one so yeah give me the yeah. uh give me the brownies uh by the way I did I, I just fished a fruit fly out of my coffee um, and, but I'm still drinking that coffee. Can we make cusses on here? Can we make naughty words? Go for it. Go for it. I'm still, I'm gonna still drink my freaking coffee. <laughs> I thought uh, you said you're gonna do, do a swear word. That is a swear word. <laughs> what is that, do you mean? Is, is that a Penn State? <laughs> is that what? Is that a Penn State cult? It is. Yeah, I, I, I went to Penn State. All oh, right. Fair enough. That's an I did. Yeah. Notre Dame and Penn State. Yeah, there's an inexplicable hatred that, you know, it's not inexplicable. Everyone hates Notre Dame. If you don't love them, you hate them. They're like the Yankees. <laughs> um, Greg, do you want to go on to your game this week? Uh, yeah, Bills Dolphins. Um, again, this is a pretty tough one to call. Obviously, the Bills really didn't fire on offense last week. Uh, the Dolphins, I think they closed out that game really, really well. Obviously, a big, big turnover, the forced fumble uh, and the recovery, but then they did really well to kind of stay composed and, and focused for the last few minutes there to to keep the ball and, and keep the possession and make sure that they saw the game out for a one point win. So it's going to be very difficult. I think again, this could be. A strong offense in the Bills against like a strong defense in the Dolphins. I think that offense last week was pretty poor. I know they did get the win, but if you look at some of the stats, it really wasn't good offensively. Um, so I'd, I'd expect the Bills to kind of shut that down. Um, and I'm hoping uh, and I'm going to go with the Bills to win this one. You know, a, a big backlash is needed. Someone really needs to uh, step up. Obviously, Josh Adam was the guy last week who um, couldn't really get anything going. He overthrew a couple of passes with a couple of drops. He just kind of didn't really click. But 
hopefully this week, um, you know, things have gone back in place. Brian Dable's got them on the field and sorted things out and, and comes with some fresh ideas because it was a little bit repetitive, a little bit predictable last week. And um, hopefully the Bills can come out and be a little bit more unpredictable, back to their usual selves and uh, get the win, even though it is away in Miami. Yeah, I'd actually take the Bills as well in this one. I thought I saw um, an interesting thing on Twitter. I don't know if you saw it as well, Greg or AJ, um, with Tua's shockingly low completion percentage on his second reads, where he has you know very high interception ratio. I just I'm not convinced by Tua, and that performance didn't really fill me with a lot of confidence, even though they won. Um, I, yeah, like you said, I think the Bills come back with a, a big rebound performance. Um, I'm just that Dolphins O-line is, you know, very young and inexperienced and it might have a lot of talent, but, you know, I think the Bills, like you mentioned, Greg, on one of the other episodes, like the Bills mm-hmm. really, you know, improved with their pass rush, um, adding, you know, Russo in the draft and Basham as well. So um, I, 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 I'd probably, yeah. you know, I, I'd be happy to take the Bills at three and a half, to be honest. Um, I just think this is a big, you know, rebound performance for Josh Allen and the Bills. I think... I think Josh Allen was held to like below 80 passer rating last week by the Steelers, uh, if I remember correctly. So I think this is a big yeah. you know, performance I, for them. I, I saw something recently saying like he's in his few games he's had against the Steelers, he's never passed for more than like 260, 270 yards. And like his QB rating's never been that great anyway. So I think the Steelers are a bit of a bogey team for him. Um, but yeah, as you say, hopefully this week, uh, you know, the Dolphins is a team he quite likes playing against, especially last year. Some amazing throws last year. So hopefully um, he, he can show up this week and be back to his best, really. AJ? So I was taking a look at the defensive stats for the Dolphins. They did not record a sack in that game. They were in the backfield a little bit with quarterback knockdowns, but they did not record a sack. They did defend five passes, though. That 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 would be the only thing to me that keeps the Dolphins in this game is the secondary, is Xavier Howard and the crew back there. Uh, I don't trust the Dolphins' offensive line. Uh, the skill positions have a lot of potential. There's no one out there that is dominant, which, you know, could lead the bills to sort of spread the wealth around. Normally when you have a Calvin Ridley, you put your best corner on him. Uh, it makes it a little easier to mix around your weapons when there is no alpha. Uh, there's no one to key on and therefore you can sort of exploit matchups whenever you see them. So uh, I did go dolphins uh, during our recording yesterday. Uh, I'm actually going to, I'm going to hedge my bets and I'm going to go bills here I, again. I think, I think personnel alone, top to bottom, it's not really, I don't think it's that close yet. You know, you say Xavier Howard, I say Tredavious white is, is the kind of thing I'm talking about. There's, mm-hmm. uh, I don't like the bills offensive line, but I sure as hell like it more than the Miami dolphins offensive line. That's sands Austin Jackson. I, I, I think he's still out. So I'm going to go, I'm gonna go Bill. I'm gonna go Bills here. Uh, right. So I mean, we've not really disagreed on much so far. Um, that's, that's pretty good. Um, you guys want? You guys want me to get? I can get spicier. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna do it. Uh, let's see if this one. See if this one uh, divides a few opinions. Um, LA Rams four point favorites in Indianapolis. Um, I mean Matthew Stafford. You know. Big fans of my stack snapback on here. I think, um, yeah, 
who would have thought a kid, you know, being stuck in a terrible franchise for all those years would have been, you know, pretty good when he's moved to a decent offense. You know, I think he just looked great last week. Um, that Colts O-line, I mean, which has been, you know, frequently cited as being like one of the strongest in the league, you know, looked very bad last week against, you know, very average Seahawks pass rush. And guess why? Because there's a certain ginger-haired QB playing for him. Um I just, I think this is a blowout. To be honest, I don't. I just think the Colts stink. Um, I'm, I'm definitely not betting on Wentz over Stafford. I, I definitely like to take LA Rams at four points. Did you? Is this, is this, is this where you thought that the disagreement was going to start? <laughs> I don't know who's defending the Colts here because he's certainly not me. I don't know if AJ's yeah. joined. <laughs> uh, no, uh, Greg, I'll let you. Ex- I'll let you explain for both of us. I'm also going Rams. Greg, why are we going Rams? Uh, I'm going Rams because I woke up on the uh, the morning after and looked at the result from the Rams last week and just went, that is exactly what I expected to happen. Um, having seen their offense and you know the new players they brought in, and not only that, but the the way their defensive unit shapes up, obviously Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, it's kind of taking away a lot of teams' rushing game as well as passing game. You know, so you don't really have anything left on offense. Um, but I think the Rams will be really, really strong. I think the Colts weaker than a lot of people think, especially some of their um, you know pass coverage and uh, missing one or two on the offensive line. I don't think Quinton Nelson played last week or he didn't play many snaps. Um, and their wide receiving core doesn't have that alpha that kind of AJ mentioned with the Dolphins. They don't really have that go-to guy that, you know, Stefan Diggs or, you know, the Julio Jones when he was at the Falcons, that kind of uh, player. So I really think the Colts will struggle in this one uh, and it will be a pretty comfortable win for the Rams. That's my reasoning behind it. AJ will probably be similar, but might have something a bit spicier. I'll, I'll see if I can, if I can um, inject some jazz uh, the rest of the Rams defense outside of, I mean, obviously, like you said, Greg, Don, uh, uh, Donald and, and Ramsey, I mean, two of the, one is the best, one is one of the best, regardless of position. I'll give you this. Greg Gaines played extremely well. Kenny Young played extremely well. Uh, Robert Rochelle, the rookie, played extremely well. Justin Hollins played extremely well. This defense, uh, Sebastian Joseph Day, played extraordinarily well these are very these guys all scored uh phenomenally per pff uh that's that's a large part of that defense um this i i think the way this defense is playing uh jared goff could potentially i i might eat these words but jared goff might actually be able to lead this team to some more wins uh i will tell you this uh offense does have um an effect on defense uh Ball control, uh, play calling. How quickly? How, how quickly are you making the defense go out again after, after a, a, a um, after a possession? Uh, the thing with the Rams mm. is they can control the clock or they can air it out. It does not fucking matter. They can do whatever they want on offense and they can do whatever they want on defense. So I that is that is plenty on this shit show. So go ahead, gentlemen. <laughs> I was really disappointed in Michael Pittman as well. You know, he let me down in fantasy. I mean, I think he he recorded three receptions for 29 yards. And, you know, it's someone who you expect to, you know, with the T.Y. Hilton out, you expect Pittman to step up into that wide receiver one role. And, you know, I mean, Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines and Zach Pascal all had, you know, more receiving yards than him. Um, So, 
hopefully he'll you know get better we predicted him to have a pretty good you know second season in the nfl hopefully he still does but you know with QB player factor um, with Mr. Wentz. Um, who knows what could happen? Yeah. Um, can we move on to the next game? This one might divide opinions. Bengals at the Bears. Ooh. Um, Ooh. Callum or AJ? Who wants to go first? AJ, you go for it. Yeah, I like to hear myself talk. I'll go ahead. <laughs> uh, give me, give me the bungles. Give me the Cincinnati bungles. Uh, I'm a believer. I've never stopped being a believer. Um, I guess pardon the double negative. I'm I am a believer in Joe Burrow, um, and that offensive line was surprisingly. I don't want to say stout. Um, average. They were at, they were surprisingly average. Uh, at Quentin Spain actually had a pretty damn good game. Um, I I I the the all the wide receiver trio we we've you know we've all kind of danced around in fantasy trying to figure out who's who's going to get the most targets who's who's going to be the most effective with those targets uh the answer is all of them i think all of those guys are are capable enough both in fantasy and on the field and i'm i'm terrified for the bears i don't know what is 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 going to happen there and the line absolutely give me the Bengals. i've got to agree with you i i take the Bengals as well i just Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> this is becoming a show where we're all just sort of patting. It's like um, you guys have a show um, yelling at experts, but really you don't really yell at them. You just no, sort we of... don't actually do too much yelling. Yeah, um, I just think the Bears, it, it, like you said, a bit of a mess right now. You know, they have some great pieces on that team. You know, Roquan Smith, Montgomery, Darnell Mooney, Alan Robinson, but you know, Matt Nagy really is in the firing line. Um, I've seen a lot of sort of, you know, anti-Matt Nagy stuff on Twitter from Bears fans as well. Like, some of his play calling and off-field decisions in, you know, regards to the QB situation and how they've handled that. Like, for me, like, I know they were playing the Rams, but I think you just got to name Justin Fields as a QB one. When you look at, you know, some of the other rookie QBs that are out there, Zach Wilson played, you know, had one good year at BYU. You know, Justin Fields is someone who, you know, dominated at the highest level of college football. You know, played for one of the biggest programs out there. Why is he not starting? Um, so I just think the the Bears are a bit of a mess. Um, and like you said, I'm, that Bengals offense. You know, even though the offensive line isn't um, particularly elite or anything, I still think you know when you've got weapons like you know Jamar Chase had a huge game last week, hundred yards receiving. Um, you know, put all the um, criticism to bed about you know whether he could see the ball, which was you know a, a strange comment come out uh, with um, yeah for me I'd take the Bengals as well on this one this was less divisive than I thought yeah I have gone Bengals as well um, it, this was a little bit tougher though I mean yeah the Bears weren't weren't impressive at all um, in, in week one and again as you've both mentioned the off-field issues you know who's going to be the QB1 everyone's saying get fields on um, and you know all that sort of stuff really must have an effect in the change room Nagy uh, Nagy or Nagy I don't know how to pronounce it his head's definitely on the block um, you know if they don't get if they don't get some wins and, and get themselves in the playoffs he'll be gone I think and the Bengals looked better they looked a lot more assured uh, a little bit more structured and had a game plan and they definitely look like more of a threat, both offensively and defensively. And they had a real shootout last week as well. And I think this could be kind of similar, but I think the Bengals might just edge this one, but might be quite low scoring potentially. Um, but yeah, I think I'll go with the Bengals again. 
le- mm. way less divisive than I thought. But yeah, I think we've all gone Bengals. Yeah, the only offensive lineman uh, that was even remotely capable was the one that they brought in like what ten days ago, and that's that's your boy, Jason Peters. The rest of that line was absolutely atrocious. And that makes me sad because the starting and backup mm. center, both from Notre Dame. I think um, we mentioned on one of the last episodes. I think aren't the Bears down to like their third string right guard or right tackle or something? They, they are. They are. Tevin Jenkins uh, got injured. Larry Borum. That'd probably be a good one for um, for our pronunciation game. I think that's how you pronounce that. And now Jason Peters. Yep. Yeah. Not yeah. great. Um, that is shame. I think again, another game that we're all going to pretty much agree on um, Falcons on the road in Tampa Bay. Um, 12 and a half point underdogs. AJ, would you be comfortable with taking this line? Um, I'll have the Buccaneers, please. Yeah, I agree. Greg? Um, yeah, but we'll make that three. But I did also note down this could be probably the first NFL game that could see a hundred points scored by an offense, just because why the <laughs> fuck not? I think it could be. Um, you know, the Falcons defensively were so so bad. Uh, no disrespect to the Eagles, but um, the the Falcons really didn't handle that particularly well, and uh, the Eagles don't have an elite offense, so to speak. Uh, the Buccaneers do have an elite offense, uh, several offensive weapons. Tom Brady slinging it about. He could be 55 in a wheelchair, and I think he's still slinging one of the best in the league. So, um, yeah, this is an absolute route. I think I might be taking minus Dish 19 and a half plus or something. Yeah. Um, I love that. First NFL game with 100 points scored from an offense. Minus <laughs> is 72, if anyone wants to know. So, you know, 73 is, is definitely achievable. Tom Brady's already got lots of records and achievements, but if he wants to add another one, Feel what would the what would the ahead. nuclear fallout what would the nuclear fallout be for the Atlanta Falcons if if they gave up seventy let's say seventy points what would the nuclear fallout be would that be an on the spot firing <laughs> and then like uh, like everyone's on the trade block including Kyle Pitts like what oh, what what, what put, happens yeah, in that, more than in likely that anyone is. anyone apart from the 2020, 2021 picks are probably on the on the on the block aren't they. I mean, an, an interesting point that I heard from Rich Eisen this week was, um, you know, are the Falcons already regretting their, you know, decision to pass up on, you know, Fields or who or Mike Jones? You know, could I know Kyle Pitts was someone who, you know, everyone was hyped up about coming out, um, but you know, when you're in that position to draft a, you know, potentially franchise-changing QB, um, you got Matt Ryan who is aging, you know, mm. will that come back to bite them? Yeah, I mean, Matt Ryan is aging, but he's on such a big contract that even if they drafted a rookie QB, it's like, what are they going to do with him? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I do see your key. point. There's a lot of guys they've missed, but yeah, the contract really ties the Falcons to him, yeah. uh, which makes it a lot more difficult giving him that kind of leverage. But yeah, that's that's a sticky situation in, in Atlanta. Yeah, the only, the only, what happens is, I think, is nothing because this was a throwaway season. If we're all being honest with ourselves, Atlanta... Um, they just they they threw this one they threw this one away. I would have rather seen them um, uh, trade trade way back, collect picks, yeah, uh, and then mm. go from there. Because uh, this year you're going to have whereas last year it was offense heavy. This this coming draft, Derek Stingley, Kayvon Thibodeau, 
uh, Kyle Hamilton, you are loaded on uh, on on the front end of the draft with defensive talent, and they're going to have to draft a quarterback. Mm. And you know the QB situation is all up in the air. You know Sam Howell had that disappointing start. You know I think yep. Spencer Rattler's looked pretty consistent, but you know um, a lot of people hyped up about people like Carson Strong, Matt Corral. Um, so I'm really interested to see how that you know QB, you know whoever goes first. I think it will be Spencer Rattler, just because I believe in his talent. Um, but yeah, that's going to be an interesting one to watch over, you know, the off-season going into next year's draft. Um, the Broncos, six-point favourites in Jacksonville. Um, you know, rumours this week about Urban Meyer going for the USC job, which he shut down, you know, pretty immediately. Um, yeah. But I think, you know, the, the whole experiment, Urban Meyer's experiment is, you know, really under the microscope now. You know, so many questions, you know, surrounding his system and whether it can, you know, translate into the NFL from college. Um, what are you boys thinking about this game? Um, yeah, I, I'm. I, you said it was minus six point five for the Broncos, and I think that'd be pretty easy to take. I'd be, I'd be all over that. I think, yeah, as you mentioned, uh, Urban Meyer and and Trevor Lawrence, two it's obviously players and coach out of college. Uh, how how does that translate in the NFL? Well, looking at their first week fixture, not particularly well. Uh, you know, it might need a bit of time to gel and uh, time to kind of bear some fruit. But um, yeah, it's got to happen a bit quicker, I think, for Jacksonville, especially their fans. Um, they'll be at home um, this weekend, as you mentioned. But I think a, a game like the Broncos is very winnable for for a team and a franchise of Jacksonville's uh, sort of quality. So this is something that they'd probably pinpoint as somewhere they can get an, an early season victory. But um, I don't see it happening. I think the Broncos looked a bit better last week and Teddy Bridgewater did really well. He, he looks like a good fit there uh, in um, Denver and uh, he looks a little bit more assured and, and a bit more composed than, than Drew Locke. So I think that will work well with the receivers. Obviously, Jerry Judy's a big miss with that injury, but guys like Tim Patrick and a couple of other guys might see more uh, more targets and that sort of thing. I don't think there's a big drop-off in quality there. They do have guys like KJ Hamler, Tim Patrick, as I mentioned. So I think that the Broncos can kind of pick up where they left off last week despite that injury, um, and I'd expect their defence to do quite well again. So the Broncos will, will win this quite comfortably, I would imagine. Um, but it remains to be seen. Yeah, the Jaguars need to be uh, a lot, lot better than they were last week, or they could be picking back-to-back first uh, in the draft. So, yeah, they very, they very well could. And unlike the Falcons, they're actually in a decent position. Uh, as long as they figure out a left tackle, they could be in position as a top three draft in a top three draft uh, position to draft Thibodeau, to draft Stingley, uh, to draft Kyle Hamilton and anybody they want. Now, uh, you know, if they don't figure out left tackle because their tackles are atrocious, if they don't figure out left tackle, uh, they're going to need to take um, probably Evan Neal out of Alabama, I would guess. But I would actually put money on this game. I- I'm I'm taking that you you could give me you-, you could give me 10 here. You could give me that 12 and a half line and I'm still taking the Broncos. Uh oh. The Texans, it was 34 to seven mm. right after the second, right, uh, right after halftime, they scored a touchdown 34 to seven. That is unbelievable for an NFL franchise, not to mention probably playing at least what we know from their roster to be the worst roster in the NFL, mm. what we know. And there are some players in there uh, like, like Justin Reed who are better 
than they're given credit for because their names aren't as well known. The safety um, out mm-hmm. of out of Stanford. I I, I this uh, yeah I, I'm, I don't know if forty five and a half the over under. Uh, I think the Broncos are going to destroy. I think this game's going to go bad enough to where people are like, maybe Urban Meyer needs to take that job at USC. <laughs> Get that man out of Jacksonville. Yeah. <laughs> After week two. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we, I mean, we all agree on that one, Broncos. Um, Damn it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, Vikings four-point road uh, dogs at Arizona. Um, Chandler Jones having a huge week last um, in week one, Kyler Murray, people, you know, already talking about is he an early MVP candidate. And I thought Chase Edmonds and James Conner, you know, the combo worked quite well as well. And I was pretty hesitant to start Chase Edmonds and I ended up benching him uh, in fantasy. Um, but he had a pretty good week. Um, I mean, I, I don't think a lot of people were expecting Arizona to go to Tennessee and just absolutely blow them out. Like they really did shut down, you know, Derek Henry was just silenced really um the vikings obviously went to overtime with the, with the bengals um greg what what are you thinking yeah i'm definitely impressed by the cardinals after their, their week one performance as you say we didn't expect them at all to go to the titans and, and blow them out like that um the vikings again they weren't particularly good that their game of the bengals went to overtime and as you say it was very much a toe-to-toe sort of shootout so again they've kind of had a bit of a, an iffy first week. It didn't really click, and their defense let up too many points, and they would have uh, would have liked. So that that and that video that I've seen on Twitter so many times is it Jamar Chase who who turns Patrick Peterson inside out. Oh yeah, makes me laugh every time. Absolutely brilliant. Um, I can see the Cardinals winning this quite comfortably, especially with home turf. Now, uh, if they if they play like they did last week, it would be an easy win. This could be over by you know half time, start of the third quarter. Um, and the Vikings really need to step it up. I think that as we talked about in a few previous episodes, like the Vikings, their recruitment in the offseason was pretty good. You know, we liked the way they were trending yeah. and the direction they were going in, but it didn't really click and it didn't look like, uh, you know, it, it, it was working last week. So if they can scheme a, lot, a bit better this week, maybe they can prevent Kyler Murray and, and D-Hop and all these other guys kind of from, from playing their game. But it'd be very, very difficult. The Cardinals have a lot more depth at receiver now. And um, I think that their defensive line especially is a lot stronger. So I'm taking the Cardinals. I think this is a pretty, pretty easy one, easy decision for me anyway. It was surprising with the, you know, the Vikings defense, which we expected to, you know, improve after Zimmer's, you know, disappointing year last year and getting people like Harrison Smith back, you know, Daniel Hunter. I mean, Daniel Hunter was, you know, you know double teamed for a large part of that game by the Bengals. Um so, yeah, I was very disappointed by the Vikings last week, and I'd go with Arizona as well, um, especially at home. Um, AJ? So there's a lot of ways to look at this. The Vikings, despite giving up those points, they had five sacks on the day. Hunter came back doing exactly, you know, he he registered a sack. Pierce registered two. Uh, they got one from Smith. Uh, that that's Five sacks is, is a good day for a defense. Giving up mm-hmm. 27 points is not, which... These two things are incongruent. So with that sort of a wash for me, the problem if with them is that Dalvin Cook averaged 3.1 yards per carry. So the running game is not going to carry them. Uh, DJ Humphreys uh, on the Cardinals side continues to look like one of the best tackles uh, in the game presently. Uh, Justin Pugh had a nice game for them at guard. 
we don't even need to talk about the, the weapons they have. And on defense, my only concern would have been the defensive line outside of what you're going to get from J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones because the rest of that Cardinals D-line did not perform very well per the numbers. And as we know, the players are it's it's just not up to the caliber of the rest of that defense with Baker and uh, Collins had a nice game. The rookie Simmons had an OK game um, and then Murphy as well. So normally that would concern me struggling interior D-line. First of all, Chandler Jones uh, makes up for that uh, with five sacks. I don't know if that's going to happen again, but if there's an offensive line to do it against, it's the one that's not going to block well for Dalvin Cook and give them a chance to win the game. So numbers be damned. I'm going with the Cardinals. Four doesn't scare me. Um, Titans are five and a half point underdogs um, in Seattle. Obviously, Seattle went into Indianapolis and... Russell Wilson did, you know, Russell Wilson things against the Colts. You know, that Titans O-line was horrendous. Like, I mean, every time, you know, they switched the game on onto red zone, onto the Titans game, like Tannehill was getting sacked or, you know, he was running for his life or something was happening with, in regards to the O-line. You know, like I mentioned earlier, Derek Henry was completely silenced and, you know, you, you expect Henry to have a bounce back, you know, game against, you know, Seattle's defence. But, um Five and a half point underdogs for me. Um, I think this is going to be one of the more you know closer games of the week. Um, I think two sort of evenly matched teams. Maybe the Seattle edge it. And I saw an interesting stat that Pete Carroll has never lost um, a home opener, which is um, something to think about as well. Um, I think I'd take Seattle, to be honest. I wouldn't be too, like I said, five and a half points. I think this could be like a three-point game, to be honest. Um, so I wouldn't be you know too optimistic with taking the spread but uh, I don't know I'd probably go Seattle money line if I had to but it's probably a game that I wouldn't be wanting to bet on to be honest mm-hmm. no I'm not putting money down here I am gonna go Seahawks uh, I a little bit of hesitation there the mm-hmm. Cardinals jumped all over um and they put the Titans down by a pretty large margin. And what the Titans like to do very obviously is run the ball. And it's difficult to justify that whenever you're down, which they got down. And it spooks me a little bit to see that Tannehill was not able to lead them back. And, you know, obviously, you know, take into account everything going on with uh you know, having a, a new wide, uh, you know, keeping those things aside. If we just look at results, he just it, it didn't get done. It didn't get done. They were not able to come back and they got away from their game plan, which is running the ball. Uh, Derrick Henry did not have the holes to run through. Uh, he averaged less than I think it was just like right right under four or something like that, which at 17 carries 58 yards is not going to get it done. Uh, the Seahawks defense does spook me a little bit. Um, I still have to go Seahawks. Like you said, uh, Russell Wilson was doing Russell Wilson things. And when that happens, everyone else is kind of fucked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I'm, I'm going Seahawks as well. This is very, very boring. This isn't it? We're all going to the same teams. But um, as AJ said, um, I think a lot of the Titans sort of scheming on offense relies around being 
able to get some some yards and always being able to punch through the offensive line with Derek Henry and that didn't really happen. I think from the Seahawks perspective, I think their defensive line played a lot better than people thought as well. I think they were a little bit more disruptive than, than people would have imagined and they definitely showed some improvement in the offseason um, and a little bit more rotation there, which looked quite good. So I think that's certainly a positive for the Seahawks and they'll probably take advantage of that. I think they've got a decent secondary as well. So, um, you know, combining those two will definitely make it difficult for the Titans to get going. If they can shut Derek Henry down, you know, the game plan will be uh, will have worked and, and the game should be uh, in the bag, really, as it was last week for the Cardinals. So, yeah, as you mentioned, Russell Wilson, as soon as he starts cooking, it's, um, it's kind of game over, really. So Seahawks, pretty comfortable winner, I think. A uh, hot, hot, hot take. Look for the Seahawks to run off the right side of the line a lot. Uh, Brandon Shell played a very, very, very good game um, last week. And I think Gabe Jackson is having sort of a trickle down effect as, you know, a 335 pound human being. And we're not talking 6'6, we're talking 6'3, 335. It's mm-hmm. Vita Vea size. So I, I actually, I, I think they're going to be able, if, if the Seahawks want to, finally with Gabe Jackson, I think that they could actually control the clock a little bit if they desire. Whereas last year, it was obviously kind of forcing it. This year, they may actually get a little closer to being able to do what Pete Carroll wants, which in, you know, isn't what Russell Wilson wants. Yeah, I don't know if that's a good idea anyway, giving Pete Carroll the reins and the, letting him do what he wants. But yeah, we'll see. <laughs> uh, I mean, this is you know an interesting game. Cowboys three-point road um, underdogs in LA to take on the Chargers. Um, I thought straight away Rashawn Slater was pretty good <laughs> against that Washington D-line. Um, I thought the Chargers O-line in general managed to you know, minimise Chase Young and, and Montez Sweat. And I thought they did a really good job at, you know, keeping Justin Herbert um, upright for the most part. Um, I think the Chargers shocked a few people because I picked the I picked Washington to to beat the Chargers. I think, Greg, you took the Chargers, didn't you? But we, yeah. we both said, you know, it could go either way. But, you know, the Chargers to go into Washington and, you know, put up you know, a pretty sizable amount of points against, a, a, you know, one of the best defensive units in the game, I think Mike Williams, you know, I mean, I had him on my bench for fantasy and he, he had a great game. Um, just whether he can, you know, stay healthy to, to keep to keep proving himself. Um, Cowboys, obviously, I mean, it's always quite scary when you see, you know, all this talk about Dak, you know, his injuries and stuff over the offseason. And then he came out and had a pretty good game. And as, a, as an Eagles fan, as a division rival, that kind of scared me a bit. See how good he was um, in that Tampa Bay game. But the Cowboys have also lost, you know, a few key parts of their offensive line. Um, Lyle Collins is out now, I think. Um, and obviously they lost Zach Martin as well the other week. Um, but I, I also read that Demarcus Lawrence picked up a foot injury, I think, today. Um, I, I think this is going to be a really tight one. Um, what do you boys think? Mm. Well, I, I think it's going to be very, very close, as you say, a shootout, really. Uh, both quarterbacks love to throw it around. Both got decent receiving calls. Um, what I think can make a difference here is kind of the Chargers having a slightly better defence uh, on paper across the board. You know, the way that they set up as a unit and stuff, I think that they are slightly better than uh, than the Cowboys, especially in the secondary. And uh, I think some of the coaching as well. Brandon Staley is someone that I mentioned as a potential coach of the year candidate as, as an 
you know outside bet and um i think he could do a really good job as you mentioned they did a a really good job last week of shutting down Washington and keeping what is one of the best defences in the NFL pretty quiet last week. So I think that they could do a similar sort of thing here in a pretty, well, a more average defence from the Cowboys. And, you know, the Chargers really could put up some points. But I think it'll be really, really close. Personally, I'm going to go with the Chargers. I think you know, they just get over the line. I think they scheme this up quite well and uh, and win by, you know, three to seven points maybe. But it might just be a field goal that, that edges it for them. Uh here we go. Give me the Cowboys. I was actually going to scream it as soon as you started talking. <laughs> I decided not to. I'm going to go Cowboys, and I'm going to do it emphatically. I I'm, I am a believer. What Dak Prescott was able to do with zero running game whatsoever and still pick apart one of the best defenses in football, I don't understand how it happened, but my understanding is that it it, it is the reality that we're currently living in. Michael Gallup being... Out is a little concerning. Demarcus Lawrence, if he is if he isn't full go by the time uh, that kickoff happens, uh, I think we've got a big problem on our hands. By the way, Micah Parsons is exactly what we all thought. Mm-hmm. Absolutely is exactly what uh, what we all thought. Uh, Derwin James is back, gentlemen, yeah. which is mm-hmm. very spooky, very very spooky to me. Um, I'm going to go Cowboys. I'm going to leave it there. Um, um, I, can't, I can't back Dallas. I'm going to go Chargers. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Yeah, it's pretty expected. But, um, yeah, I'll go Chargers just on that one. But like we said, it's going to be a tight game, I think. Um, the Chiefs, three-and-a-half-point favourites in Baltimore. I think this is a late kickoff on Sunday night. Um Oh, it might be. Is it Monday night football? Is it Sunday night? This one, I can't remember. No, it's, it's a Sunday late game, but it's Monday yeah. morning UK time. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, um, yeah. I mean, uh, the Chiefs were very, very impressive in their comeback last week. Tariq Hill and Mahomes obviously connecting and making a difference there. Really, um, although the defense uh, was pretty shaky early on, the Browns really picked picked them apart. I think they came back pretty well and showed great character and. That's exactly what championship teams do, really. I'm not saying they're going to, you know, win the Super Bowl, but you know, having been in the Super Bowl for the last two years, this is kind of the caliber of performance you expect from this kind of team. And the Ravens disappointed a little bit, especially with the turnovers um, and the way that their defense played, especially um, you know later on in that game and in overtime. So I'm going to take the Chiefs here. I think it will be um, it will be a decent game. I think I think this is another exciting game. Yeah. Um, but I think that the Chiefs will win this by about a touchdown, uh, somewhere around that. Um, I think the Chiefs will just be too strong for the Ravens, and the Ravens didn't it didn't quite click. I don't think. Uh, I mean, Lamar Jackson is an incredible rusher. He, he, he's so so elusive. He's better than most running backs, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, he genuinely is. But um, the passing is, is is still a little bit of a question mark. So, for me, the Chiefs just look like a better outfit, better unit, and uh, I think they'll win this one. So I'm a little concerned here with the injuries that are piling up for the Ravens. Uh, Brown did not practice. Stanley didn't practice. Westry, who had a really good game, the corner, uh, did not practice. Derek Wolf did not practice. Marlon Humphrey and Jimmy Smith were limited participants. Um, Frank Clark was a full participant. Austin Blythe was a limited participant for the Chiefs. Uh, I would take the Chiefs straight up here, and three points is not enough to scare me off of this. Uh, I, I, I believe the Browns are a very, very good football team. 
uh, and the Chiefs came back and beat them. I don't yet know what the Las Vegas Raiders are cumulatively as a football team. So with the knowledge that I have right now, I think it, it's it's pretty easy to pick the Chiefs. Uh, which me saying that makes me think I shouldn't pick the Chiefs, but I don't I don't want to overthink this, so I'm gonna go Chiefs. Yeah, I agree. I I go Chiefs as well. Um, final game, um, the Lions are 11 point um, road underdogs in Green Bay. I mean, what a bizarre game for the Green Bay to start off with. I mean, Aaron Rodgers. I mean. What was most concerning for me was that Aaron Rodgers just didn't look himself. He just didn't look interested at all. Um, and I, you know, said in the last episode that we thought Aaron Rodgers was going to go on a bit of a, you know, fuck you farewell tour to the front office and, you know, just ball out again and, and win a Super Bowl and walk out the doors with his middle finger up to the front office. Um, you know, with Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb. But Jesus, I mean, Aaron Rodgers looked bad. Mm. Um, still coming up against you know the Lions you expect Green Bay to win this one um AJ what are your thoughts about 11 point line here would you be willing to take this one I would I would not be willing to put money on it but I certainly would be willing to take it in, in this venue um so I, I do think this will be a bounce back game um like I said trust gained in drops lost in buckets mm-hmm. Uh, this this is not I don't consider one game for Aaron Rodgers a bucket because of how much um, how much he's how much trust he's built up as a as a player thus far. Uh, I'm I'm not scared off by one game. Uh, my biggest concern is anything not named uh, Jair Alexander on that defense. That's and Adrian Amos had a good game too, and um, at least one half of the um was it the brown twins was that preston and zadarius i'll come uh, up smith, the, the yeah. smith yeah the, the smithers uh one half of that duo had uh, a solid game i i just i think this is a bounce back and it's in green bay i i think if aaron Rodgers doesn't want to play for the for the organization uh he will play for the fans yeah mm-hmm yeah, I think it's a very important point in that kind of home field. And as you say, getting Rodgers sort of a bit more comfortable and when the fans are, are on him as well, uh, I'm sure he'll turn up. And I think the Lions offense do deserve some credit the way they played last week, uh, their resilience and their efforts, uh, especially in that sort of late comeback. And they really made it exciting. So I think they definitely deserve some credit. But um, yeah, I can only see this going one way. And I think Rodgers is back to his best. And I think the, the Packers take this one pretty comfortably. I've just realised I missed two games, haven't I? Um, uh, yeah. so we've, got, we've got the Patriots, a six-point favourites um, against the Jets. I mean, losing you know Mackay Beckton for the Jets is going to be huge. Zach Wilson was sacked six times and had ten QB hits last week. Um, I think this could be even you know further exacerbated against the Patriots, who have you know great pass rush with Matt Jude on there. Um, I, I think Patriots, you know, losing that one just. You know, just slipping away from the grass um, in that Dolphins game. I think the Patriots come back and and you know beat up on the Jets, who I think are going to be a, another terrible team this year. Even if Zach Wilson's great, um, I just don't think the the, the Jets are, are, are going to win many games. To be honest, um, six points. 
I mean, I could see this being at least, you know, one touchdown game, so I would go with that as well. So, yeah, I'd be pretty comfortable taking that one. Yeah, that spread is a little concerning, but, uh, man, Zach Wilson looked pretty close to inept mm. last week. And Mackay Becton being out is sort of the, the last straw for me. I'll, I'll, I'll give those points. I'll take, I'll take the pats. You guys know how we feel about our sweet, sweet Prince. Mm. Sweet, <laughs> sweet prince. Yeah. Sec, sexy Zach as my brother and uh, his mates call him. Um, is that, yeah, he, he didn't look great. Um, obviously not helped by his offensive line and Mackay Becton not being there pretty rough uh mac jones looked pretty good uh, a lot of the sort of technical stuff and people breaking it down from what i saw looked looked pretty good um and uh, this could be an absolute feast um again the jets are pretty weak uh, defensively well really weak defensively and um uh, i feel like this could just be a very methodical very uh, run-of-the-mill sort of picking off of that defense and an easy patriots win um final game saints Three and a half point favorites in Carolina. Um, mm. The Saints' defense was really impressive against Green Bay. Obviously, you know, limiting them to three points. I think you know, Marshawn Lattimore was getting surgery, I believe. Um, so his day to day, which is going to be a, a big miss for them. Um, Marquez Callaway was someone who, you know, I, I benched in fantasy, but just kept him there in case he sort of broke out as their wide receiver one. He had a pretty decent preseason, um, but he only had one reception, um, even though, you know, Jameis Winston came out and threw five touchdowns. Um, you know, laser eye surgery seems to work for him so far. Um, I think Carolina were actually pretty good. Um, I thought Sam Darnold was okay. I think, I mean, Christian McCaffrey just... You know, just absolutely came and balled out as as predicted. Um, in Carolina, um, I think I'd still be willing to take the Saints at three and a half points. To be honest, um, what do you boys mm-hmm. think? Um, yeah, I, I, I definitely pick the Saints on this one. Although it was a pretty tough decision, I think as you mentioned, Teddy Bridgewater throwing uh, no, not Teddy Bridgewater. Jameis Winston throwing uh, five touchdowns last week was pretty impressive. Uh, I think that they they kind of made it work on offense despite having what is on paper probably one of the shallowest wide receiving calls possible. Yeah. Um, I think they really they did use their game plan pretty well. And as you mentioned, they chatted to their defense for, for keeping the Packers to just three. Um, and again, the Panthers did look quite good. They, again, it's relative. They played the Jets. Uh, not a particularly strong defense. They didn't cause too much of a problem for the Panthers, and and Donald was was afforded the time, and and he has the weapons around him now to actually, you know, pick them off and, and play pretty well. So this would be a pretty interesting game. It is. It could go either way this one, but personally, I think the Saints edge in this one. Um, it would be tough though in Carolina. You know, their stadium's pretty loud, and yeah. it, it can be a bit intimidating, especially if they go um, a couple of touchdowns up. So yeah, I think this will be a really interesting game. But I'll take the Saints for this one. Did you, see, did you see their virtual, what was it, their sort of vir- nearly virtual reality intro that like the Panthers had? Yeah, state. the Panther running around like the scoreboard and stuff. Pretty yeah, good. pretty crazy. AJ? Well, they're going to need those gimmicks to save them because I'm going to take the Saints here. I had, I, I, I questioned it for just a real quick second. And I'm seeing that the edge rushers, um, Reddick and Brian Burns, they played well. Um, neither of them were dominant. I will tell you who was dominant. 
and that was Shaq Thompson. He played a hell of a game. But mm-hmm. to Greg's point, this was against the Jets. If we go on what we know, it's that the Panthers performed better than expected and won a game against the Jets. And the Saints kicked the shit yeah. out of a team that is coming off an NFC championship game appearance. So if we're going off of those two things, the transitive property doesn't always work in football, but um, look, we go with what we have. And the Lattimore and Davenport being out scares me a bit. If there is a, there is no more, there's no thinner team on defense than the saints, especially in that secondary, they are paper thin in terms of depth Mm -hmm. back there. That is concerning, but I, I think in, I don't know, in, in totality, I, it's I'm, based on what we know, uh, results on the field. Uh, and that's that's got to be the Saints. And points be damned. Well, I think, I mean, there's not many that we disagreed on there, to be honest. I thought it was going to be a bit more no. controversial than that. <laughs> We're all pretty, pretty happy with it. <laughs> For the second week running, I mean, it didn't yeah. work out well last week. We kind of... We were we hit and miss on quite a lot. We were both got eight out of sixteen correct, um, and we only disagreed on two of them, and we were both wrong on those anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we will see. That's a, a pretty pretty chock a block fixture list this weekend, um, starting with Thursday night football as well. So that'll be one to kick us off. So now, AJ, um, as you might have heard at the start of the pod, um... Calvin, you're you're smirking right now. I'm. I don't know. Well, what, does that, um, what does that mean? So you guys obviously do um, a little game called the pronunciation game. If you haven't heard it, go check them we, out. We do. We do not. It's that. That's lies. We we don't. We treat our guests with the utmost respect. No, you force them into games they don't want to play. No. <laughs> we have. We actually have. We, no, there, there's a disclaimer. It says you may not opt out of these. We do. We we throw our guests <laughs> under the bus immediately. Well, we thought we'd um, get our own back here, and we've gone for um, a few names that have some soccer players or football players for us in England, um, and also just sort of international sports stars who you may or may not be aware of. Um, are you ready to play? Um, yes. Yeah. I, I'm no hesitation. Okay, no hesitation. I'm going to say the first thing that comes to my head. All right. Good, good, good or bad. That's what we like. Um, so I'm going to put the names in the chat uh, one by one if you if you just want to check that. Um, the first one is going in now. This is um, striker for Arsenal Football Club um, in the Premier League. What is his name? Pierre Emerick Aboumayang. It was nearly there. It was nearly there. Yeah, it's not too bad. Yeah. No, Alba Manang. No, it's just getting worse. Oh. Getting <laughs> okay. So this is how this feels. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so it's Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. Aubameyang. Okay. Um. Start you off. Start you off with the easiest one as well. Is there is there a point system here? I mean, I, if there's not, I'm just gonna assume I win at the end. Yeah, you you win anywhere. It's just open humiliation at this point. Yeah. Uh, so the next one is an Australian cricket player. Um, pretty good up and you know coming star for the Australian cricket team. What is his name? Ooh, Marnus uh, Labish Labishang. 
Can we give him that one? That was pretty good. Yeah, I think you can give him that, yeah. That's that's pretty good. The English pronunciation is um, Labashane, um, or he's originally born in South Africa and he pronounces it Labashukne. No way. Yeah. Mm, That's that's (laughs) fucking phenomenal. I love that. Say (laughs) say that again. Labashukne. Labashukne. Oh, my God. I might take this one from you fellas. <laughs> the international uh, sports round. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll call I'll call that I'll call that the fuck you round to whoever comes on our show. <laughs> the person you hate the most from that episode. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. By the way, could you would you guys want to come back on? Hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, uh, um, the next one is the current Manchester United manager uh, in the Premier League. Oh, old Gunner Solskjaer. That's not bad. Mm, yeah, it's not uh, too. It's not too bad. Greg, give us a pronunciation. I think it's Oli Gunnar Solskjaer. Oli Gunnar Solskjaer. Solskjaer. Yeah, Ole. I believe. Okay, so no lie, I thought you were. I thought this was like Ole Miss. Like this is this is our old boy. Gunner, yeah. Gunner. So that's part of the name, is what you're telling me. Yeah, yeah, it is. That, that, yeah, his first name's Ollie, and then, uh, so yeah, two surnames, all that's is just his famous middle name. Oh, really okay. Knows, but... Oh, he has a famous middle That is that is, I, I, I don't know if it's his famous middle name or he has two surnames. I'm not 100% sure, but either he's way, always gone by those three names. Fucking gangster, <laughs> yeah. I think I'm gonna call this Ollie Miss now from now on. Ollie Miss. Ollie Miss. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this is pretty tough. This one. Uh, this is um, used to play as a goalkeeper for Arsenal. Um, as a goalkeeper, that's pretty been in every single team in Europe by this point. Um, he's Polish. What is his name? Um, Zesny. It looks like the last name. And. <laughs> Wajic. So it's actually. Um, so yeah, what I'm saying is, I think his name is Wad Wajic Zesny. Wajic Zesny. I'm not gonna lie, that was probably the worst one you've done so far. Um, <laughs> it's actually <laughs> Wojciech Szczesny. Szczesny. Okay. I was I was digging back to my basketball roots with the last name, first name. That's why I did that one first. First name, I was like, I'm gonna mm. punt on this one, so I'm gonna go for two with the second one. Keep that one handy. It's a very good rounded Scrabble. That one, if you ever need it. Find me, um, so this next one is current midfielder for Manchester City and Germany. Yeah, for sure, Ilke Gundam. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so it's, it's Ilke Gundogan. The the G, Gundogan. the second G is is silent, so it's Gundogan. I have a lot of questions about this name, but I don't know how deep your understanding of the, of the various numerals uh, and accents in this name. Uh, what, what? Where do you? Where? You know what? Don't worry about it. Let's keep going. <laughs> we'll just keep we'll going. Get a I'll, 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 I'll get at him on Twitter and see if he can, I don't know, put up a, a video of him pronouncing his name. 
explain yourself. <laughs> um, so our final one here is a midfielder who used to play for Manchester United, um, Arsenal. What is his name? Uh, Hen Henrik Mithyaren. Greg, I'm going to actually need your assistance. I think it could be pronounced Mikatarian or Mikatarian. I think it depends on... Mikatarian, I believe, yeah. But yeah, it's either either way. Yeah, he's he's Armenian, I think. Uh, but yeah, Henrik, spot on. And then, yeah, yeah Mikatarian. Oh, Mkhitaryan. let's go. Yeah. Let's go. You know what? It's, it's those various accents that are throwing yeah. me off here, uh, <laughs> fellas. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's what we'll use, yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, just if, just go all accents next time. You you'll kill me. Uh, go ahead and send well. me. I'm gonna take a screenshot of this uh, to yeah, screw with the rest of my co-hosts. I I appreciate this. This was fun. Absolutely. I think if we ever come on your show again, we're gonna get absolutely sabotaged. Oh instead. come on, you guys are absolutely <laughs> invited back. I love these two, Jen. If you're listening, um, hit uh, get it get into their DMs. Send them tasteful uh, photographs uh, of 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 yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> Jen, it's been an absolute pleasure AJ thank you so much for, for joining thanks for having me on gentlemen well, thank, thank you, AJ. you so um, much it was a blast pleasure again <laughs> for anyone who hasn't checked him out shall we football podcasts absolute blast to listen to every week um, so funny like I mentioned earlier um, so definitely go check them out um, Greg thanks for joining me again on this one uh, oh, we do have a quick announcement as well for Sunday. For Sunday's game, we're going to be um, going live uh, for the early kickoffs, and we're going to be sort of doing a, a live show reacting to the scores as they come in. Um, so definitely tune into that one. Um, anyone's sort of welcome to come on if you're listening. Um, if your team's playing in the early kickoffs, come on and talk to us about how your team's doing as we react to the scores and, and the games as they come in. Um, but yeah, like I said, thanks for listening. And uh, we'll see you in the next one. And they're going to snap it. And it's Trey Burton who throws caught. Foles. Touchdown. Allen on first and ten. Under heavy pressure. He throws. Has his man. It's Foster. And he's into the end zone for the touchdown. Gannon steps into it. Pass is caught.